beautiful. You are listening to More Than a Crown, where you will learn, feel understood, and be encouraged alongside believer, child advocate, ice cream connoisseur, and former Miss USA, Sarah Rose Summers. Welcome to this episode of More Than a Crown. Today, we are chatting with my dear friend, sister in the pageant world, and sister in Christ, Jasmine Fuelberth. She was Miss Nebraska Teen USA in 2013, Miss Nebraska USA in 2017, and Miss Teen USA, Miss Congeniality. (laughs) And she is the CEO and founder of a women's online boutique called Red by Jazz. She is here to share her story of maintaining wellness and her faith despite a heartbreaking engagement breakoff. Thank you so much for coming on, Jazz, and for your vulnerability today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for letting me come on. I'm really excited to help everybody go through and honestly just heal through these crazy stages of heartbreak and breakups. So thank you for bringing me on. Absolutely. I'm just so grateful to even have this platform to be able to merge my lives through my listeners to amazing people like you. And while I'm walking into the season of marriage, there are so many people that I know and my listeners that are, whether it's going through heartbreak or even just singleness that are going to benefit from this so, so much. So I know we already mentioned that it was a break off of an engagement, but do you mind just sharing a little bit of your story about how you met, how long you were with your significant other, when you got engaged, and what your plans were? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is totally not something I ever really thought would ever happen. So this is just completely crazy that we're even having this conversation, but I know that God can bring good out of everything. So, um, goodness, we met when I was, I think, 19 years old, and we were together three years, uh, engaged after two years, I believe. And so, yeah, we were planning our destination wedding. We didn't have anything booked yet, but um, yeah, we were definitely actively planning our wedding and um, just excited about the future. And Things honestly didn't go how we expected, and I found some things out that caused some major trust issues, and I couldn't start a marriage with those trust issues, obviously. So um, anyway, long story short, God totally opened my eyes and is totally a transformative God who is a he restores, he heals, um, and he brings good out of everything. So, I mean, this is crazy that I'm even talking about this because I had tried helping friends recover from breakups in the past, but I hadn't ever experienced heartbreak Mm -hmm. until now. So it's just crazy because you do not truly understand the depth and the gravity of these emotions until you walk through it. But now I'm able to speak from experience and help people from experience. So I mean, I'm super thrilled that I'm on the podcast just because I think a lot of times when we're going through and battling these emotions, we feel so alone and feel like people cannot relate or understand how strongly and how broken we feel. Um, So I'm just super thrilled that I can come on here and kind of let all these ladies know that someone is right here alongside them, like rooting for them and cheering them on. And 
speaking from the other side of heartbreak where I can look back and truly say that I feel more joyful and alive than I've ever felt in my entire life. So there is hope for you ladies listening as well. That makes <laughs> So that's a long introduction, but yeah. No, it's it's so true and I of course would never wish this experience on you or anyone, but like you said, being able to look back and now relate to people that seek your wisdom about breakups or heartbreak and one day maybe when you have a daughter you'll be it's crazy mm-hmm. to say, but thankful for the hardship. So um, right. I know you alluded to the fact that you found some things. So are, I, whatever you're willing to share, if it was something that you had seen red flags with the trust, or if it was something that other outsiders, family, friends had seen and you weren't listening, um, whatever you're willing to share about what happened for listeners that are thinking, oh, well, I want to know more about that. I Should I be looking for things? Great question. Oh, wow. That's loaded. (laughs) I actually just uploaded a video to my YouTube channel this week as well about how to basically know if you should break up with that person or not. So I have a long video on that as well. But just to kind of hit the high points for you. Yeah, I totally believe that love is blind. I mean, we've heard that saying it's cliche, but it's very true. Um, But if you aren't sure about something, it's really important to take the time to make sure because this is forever we're talking about. We don't need to rush forever. And so I think a lot of times what happens is we kind of disregard red flags, um, which kind of happened. And he didn't give me anything to worry about. Yeah, so he hadn't given me any red flags uh, in our relationship for the longest time while we were together until I'd say about last December or so. And honestly, I'm super thankful because God totally opened my eyes and helped me to see the red flags for what they were. And honestly, it's super important as well to have other trusted people in your life as well. If you trusted them before the relationship, then it's crucial that you also trust them while you're in the relationship. Because Mm -hmm. they have a third party's outside perspective of what's going on in the relationship. And like I said, love is so blind. So it's very important to have those people in your life. And then also listen to your conscience. Because honestly, the Bible specifically says in Romans 8.14, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And John 10.27 says, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So God totally leads and directs and speaks to us through our spirits, through our conscience. And so my spirit man, which basically is your stomach, is where that feels like. You just felt, I felt kind of queasy and nauseous and unsettled. It was like Mm -hmm. a nagging feeling. And that is not normal in a relationship or in a situation that is ordained by God. Was that just all the time or was it on occasion? How did did you start to feel that? That's a good question. I think it wasn't all the time. Like I said, our relationship was super great for a long time. And then last December is when I started noticing a lot. Um, And I don't feel led to share the nitty gritty details, but Mm -hmm. that is when I finally just learned to accept what was going on and to stop reasoning things out and to allow myself to surrender this relationship and my future ultimately to the Lord because I didn't want to hurt him. 
I didn't want to hurt myself. I knew we'd both have to work through a crazy amount of emotions. And then it'd be an emotional roller coaster because I didn't want a broken engagement. But um, yeah, I needed to listen to my conscience. And I I quickly learned that when you listen to your conscience or the Holy Spirit in you, that is when he continually reminds you and teaches you and speaks speaks to you. But if you ignore him, he will slowly start to quiet because he knows you're just not going to listen in general. So when I finally was able to come to the point of knowing that I needed to listen and follow his leading to break off this engagement, whether I wanted to or not, that's when I was able to find the strength to do that and know that everything was going to work out for my good in the end. And that ultimately I was doing the best thing for me and for him as well. Um, because we obviously weren't meant to be together for the long run. Mm. So yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. So you said that you kind of found yourself reasoning with a few of the experiences. What's your message to ladies that are listening that really find themselves out trying to anyway outweigh the positives from the negatives within their relationship? Good question. Well, we really tend to have selective memories, don't we? Like (laughs) we only remember the good things about the person and about the relationship and we tend to overlook the negative or the, um, you know, the, the things that are going to be questionable. So we see what we, we want to, to see sure. and hear what we want <laughs> yeah. to hear. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, that is so true. And honestly, I came to the point where why in the world would I want to reason something out? We shouldn't need to talk ourselves into it if it's right. So we need to come to the point where we cannot compromise or settle the right man is going to be leading you closer to Christ and exemplifying Christ's character in his life daily. Now, if he's not living out that character and not exuding Jesus's light and trying to lead you closer to God, then he cannot lead you in a marriage. And so that is so crucial because this isn't just a five-year relationship that we're talking about. This is the rest of our lives. And I think that that's super hard because we reason with ourselves that, well, we've been with this person for so long. Like in my case, I was with him for three years and that felt like so long to me because I had gone through so much, like from moving to competing at Miss USA to school. So all these life experiences I had gone through with this man. And so we reason with ourselves because it feels comfortable and we we know that it's like our safety net kind of, but this is not just three years. We're talking the next 50, 60 (laughs) years. And we need to really understand that that's a long time. Which is so hard (laughs) because we are in most of our listeners too. We're young, you know, and you're eight, you're in your teens, twenties, thirties, forever is almost impossible to comprehend. It's a hard concept to grasp, but it's so crucial to be able to. That's so true. So what do you, if you could put your hands on the shoulders of a young woman who is facing dishonesty in her relationship, what would you tell her face to face? Oh my goodness. Wow. I even 
am picturing myself like 10 months ago. I remember just bawling, not wanting to go through all this. Because like I said, I loved him. I didn't want to hurt him, but yet he had hurt me and broken my trust. And so I knew what was ahead. I knew it wasn't going to be fun. I knew I was going to be embarrassed because heck, you don't want to have a broken engagement as part Mm -hmm. of your history. And so I was just super embarrassed and overwhelmed. And I honestly am talking straight to you ladies. Just know that there is truly restoration and healing and joy on the other side of this. Yes, it's going to be messy and hard for a while, but um, I'm on the other side now and I'm so joyful. I feel more alive than ever. And just know that it's all going to work out. You'll be totally fine. And this heartbreak is a protection for you. It's protection for your future. And there's someone out there that is just, it's going to make so much sense why it didn't work out with anyone else in the past. So I truly believe that. So looking back, would you do anything differently, whether it was during those three years or even in the healing process? Anything differently? Good question. Well, I had never experienced heartbreak to this degree before, so it was completely new territory for me. So I think I just would have liked to understand better how to work through it because it was just new ground and I didn't I didn't know if I'd ever feel better again for a while. Uh so I just if you don't mind just I just like to kind of share the steps I went through to heal kind of maybe Of course, I would love that. Okay, cool. So at first after the breakup, you know, whether you got broken up with or you had to do the breaking up, like those are both not fun situations to be in. Um, They're both hard to let go of and heal. So for me, even though I did the breaking up, it was still difficult and I didn't want to be asked questions. I didn't necessarily want to talk to people a whole lot. I mean, I kind of felt like I was in hiding a bit. No, don't get me wrong. Like still went to church. I still had a job and hung out with friends and family, but it's, I just kind of limited my time around people because I didn't want to get asked. So Mm -hmm. when's the wedding? Like, what are you guys' plans? So if any of you ladies are feeling like that and feeling like I just don't want to be around people, just know that you aren't alone. Those are similar feelings that we all feel. Because like I said, I, I also felt embarrassed because, okay, think about it. When you get in a relationship, you post on Facebook and then you get so many likes and comments and everyone's congratulating you. But it's like we don't post breakups on social media. We just don't do that. So how do people find out? And so I would constantly run into people and get asked, when's the wedding or what are you guys' plans? And all of these emotions and feelings would come rising back up and I'd kind of have to live through it again. So that's when I kind of just retreated and didn't want to go out in public if I didn't have to. So ladies, also, if you kind of feel like it's difficult for you to go to certain places with memories attached without getting emotional, just know that that is normal as well. I mean, if you went to certain places on dates or have 
I, you know, just fun memories with that person attached to them. I did. I definitely struggled with that and didn't want to go back to those same places, but just know that I'm able to now today and it's totally fine. Um, so you will heal. You'll get over it. It will be just fine. I promise you. Um, another thing like working through the breakup initially, I didn't really know who to trust just because I didn't know who actually cared about my well-being or who was Mm -hmm. just being nosy. Now, I'm not talking about like my family and friends, like the people that you trusted before the relationship, definitely you can trust them as you're working through your emotions uh, through the breakup, but I mean acquaintances. And so I didn't want to share details with people. And I just want to encourage you guys, you don't have, you are not obligated to share the details with people as well. That is your heart. And until you feel comfortable talking about it, you don't have to. You don't owe an explanation to anybody. I know that was super weird for me because I wanted to just kind of explain a lot, but I held back and just said, you know what? Things could have worked out differently, but honestly, I'm doing really well and I'm getting better with each day because we have so much power in our words, ladies. So make sure you're speaking life-giving words over your life. But I also needed to realize that I couldn't allow myself to become numb to what I was feeling mm-hmm. either. And I think a lot of times some of us battle with that because we don't want to feel what we're feeling because these emotions are so strong. And so I needed to come to the realization that I couldn't stuff these emotions down because then you're not healing. You're just masking it. And these emotions are going to come out eventually. So I had to face my emotions literally head on. And sometimes it was ugly. I mean, I experienced all my, all the emotions. I'm not going to lie to you guys. This healing didn't happen overnight. So I'm going to be transparent today. <laughs> so when you say that you faced them head on, I completely understand with what yeah. you mean by kind of suppressing them and, you know, choosing to binge watch Netflix or Mm. choosing to surround yourself with people all the time or napping Mm -hmm. all the time. But how did you force yourself? What steps did like action steps did you take to sort through those emotions? Oh, goodness. So practical advice wise, I've got a whole list, honestly, of things that I was able to do. I first started out And I've always, always, always been a Jesus lover. I love Jesus with my whole heart. If you don't know me, you'll quickly learn that. (laughs) But I've always been rooted in the Bible. And so I was already rooted in the Word of God before this whole breakup happened. So that helped me immensely. So I continued to stay in the Word. I continued to worship, pray, go to church, and get involved at church. But other than that, I also journaled a lot. Um which helped Ah. me not only to see God's faithfulness and how he walked me through, but also to see my progress and kind of the steps I went through because now I'm able to look back over my journals and be like, oh my goodness, I can totally help someone with this point, with this principle that he taught me. Um, I spent a lot of time with trusted family and friends, my mentors, my pastor. I also worked out a ton, which I kid you not, the first month after the breakup, I did not feel like working out. That was the last thing I felt like doing. 
But thank goodness for my mama. She encouraged me to get in the gym. And that made a huge difference for me. I started feeling better physically, which translated into me feeling better mentally. And I seriously am a big advocate and believer in a person who transforms their body has confidence that they can transform their life. And so I feel like that definitely helped me. It's so true. And I mean, scientifically, even when you work out, you're releasing those happy joy and endorphins. And so that makes so much sense to me. And I think you and I are both very blessed in, in that way of that during heartbreak, we chose to run toward the Lord and yeah. toward the gym. Toward <laughs> Those the, are the two things. The Lord and toward the gym. Yes. I'm so serious. That's what happened to me when I was in college and during my heartbreak. Those are the two things I ran toward. And Love unlike it. Jasmine listeners, I didn't have necessarily that strong community because I was in college. I was far from my mom. Of course, sweet Mm -hmm. mama D did fly down um, and loved on me and I flew home as well. But I also went through friendship breakups at the time. It felt like my whole world was crashing down around me because this Uh. breakup had messed with me mentally. And so these girls weren't um, persevering with me as a sophomore in college. So it ended up in friendship breakups as well, but Aww. running toward the Lord and toward the gym, <laughs> definitely. That's, that's um, so good. Are good suggestions, but I love that you said you journaled. And I think it's even more amazing that you say you've now looked back at those so you can see certain areas and how you flourished and how you've grown. That's something that I did not do and kind of wish that I had, especially hearing your perspective and your story. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. Journals are amazing. And even because of my journals, I was able to kind of break down those journals into four steps that I was able to work through of emotions. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited. I'll get to share those today with you guys. So hopefully that'll help as well. But I also, yeah, I'm excited about that. But in addition to like working out, I also tried to stay busy and not to the point where you are completely avoiding what you're feeling and dealing with, but also I wanted to stay busy to the point of knowing that Proverbs 16, 27 says idle hands are the devil's workshop. And I think that honestly, when we are so just, we have an empty plate, empty schedule. That is when we deal with the emotions the most because that's when our thoughts start. And every emotion stems from one thought. So that is super crucial to stay busy. And then also I started speaking positive affirmations over myself every morning. I have a whole list of them, just saying everything ranging from I'm deserving of love I have control over my emotions. They're steady and stable. My best self is emerging every day. I'm deserving of the most pure, intentional love. And then scriptures reminding me who I am in Christ. So that was a big thing that helped me as well. As also, I I tried to put my focus on other people also, because I know it helps. It's good for your soul when you help other people out. So I volunteered at Mercy Meals, um, packing meals for people of the Philippines. I got involved with the worship team at my church. I kept making more YouTube videos. I spoke with girls who were going through breakups, trying to pour back into them. And then I followed helpful accounts on social media 
as well. Like I followed like Allison Rochefer, my friend Kate Warman has Heart of Dating as well. Just follow good role models and ladies who can speak into your se- season of singleness and heartbreak. And also while I'm on this topic, um, social media. Mm-hmm. I I didn't do this initially. This was probably uh, four or five months after breaking off the engagement. I actually unfollowed my ex-fiance and I didn't do it to be mean at all. I did it to help my personal health and well-being just because if I saw a post of his or a photo, then all of these thoughts and emotions came flooding back in and I just couldn't keep repeating that cycle. So I unfollowed him just to be proactive with my mental health and emotional well-being. It's so, so that true. It was helpful. It was helpful as hard as it was to do. But and then I also um, went after my own dreams as well. And that's a big thing that you need to be doing while through your healing process, but also if you're just single in general, just to find your your calling and your purpose, go after your dreams. I launched my own business during my heartbreak season called Red by Jazz. It's an online women's clothing boutique. So that was amazing and helped keep my mind occupied as well as helped me to feel productive. And I had something to work towards. And then I also dated myself. And that might sound so weird. You might be like, what does that even mean? And I mean, I remember driving home one day and being like, okay, I would love to just get a caramel sundae and go sit at the lake and watch the sunset. But I'm by myself and that'd be weird. I don't have a guy anymore. And five seconds later, I was like, what's wrong with me? There's nothing. There was perfectly, that's perfectly okay. Like I can do that. (laughs) So I went through that drive-through, got myself a caramel sundae, drove to the lake, sat there, ate my ice cream in peace, watched the sunset, just was there with my thoughts and um, playing my worship music and talking to God and just walk it, watching the people walk by and the cute animals at the lake. And I loved it. Yes. It was like, we have to do that. I had a friend in college who she didn't call it dating herself. She said she would go on dates with Jesus. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. But it's so true. <laughs> you go and you, you're in constant prayer and chats with him and you're yes. eating your ice cream and watching the sunset. And I love that. I love that for that you. That was really fun. Thanks. So those were like practical things that you ladies can all implement. Absolutely. But, and you said yeah. there were four, four principles that you learned through? Mm. Yeah. So there were four stages of emotions that I went through. And I am not sure if these are all cookie cutter for everybody because every relationship is different. And the grieving process is probably unique for each one of us, but maybe it can resonate with some of you guys out there. So the first one I went through was anger. And that was because I was super frustrated because obviously I I was engaged. I expected to marry this man and I was frustrated because he had all of my trust and it got shattered. And I mean, I was about to trust my whole future into this man's hands, 
but that behavior is not what I said yes to when he proposed. So the first emotion was definitely anger. It's okay to feel angry because we've invested so much of our time and energy and heart, and all of a sudden it's just gone. Um, so that was one of the first emotions I dealt with. Second one, the second stage was denial that, and thank goodness, like I said, for my journals, because I have so many notes about all these, but denial was the second one that I went through. And it's weird. It was a weird mix of wanting to go back to how it was, but knowing that I was better off not doing Mm. that. But it's weird because we've got this void without talking to the other person because we've developed this attachment, bond, friendship, and all of a sudden it's just gone. So I filled it with more time with God um, because you just can't leave that void there and not fill it with something. But it was super difficult for me because in that period, that stage of denial, This is where we have selective memories, ladies. (laughs) This is where we only remember the good things that were in the relationship and about the person. We don't remember the bad things or the negative things or why we left in the first place. But this is crucial and so important that we need to remember why we left in this stage and why it didn't work out. But denial is so strong because we just want to hang on to that hope that it's not over. It's hard to Mm -hmm. rationalize in our minds. And during that denial phase, Um, Jazz, is that when you were back living at home and surrounded by that strong family of yours? That's huge. Yes, that was huge. So, I mean, man, when when you're voicing these emotions and your thoughts to your close family and friends, they can remind you and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, are you hearing yourself? Like you know why you left, you know, that behavior of his wasn't correct. So why are you wishing you could go back to how it was? And they can kind of dig you back up out of that pit that we dig ourselves. Because like I said, our thoughts are so powerful and it all starts with one single thought. And before we know it, we can just kind of feel like we're in a black hole in our mind and we can't dig ourselves out on our own. And that's why community and having close family and friends or a mentor or a pastor is so important. So yeah, you're so correct on that. But yeah, so moving on, like the third stage that I went through was sadness. And I'm sure all of you ladies who are experiencing heartbreak right now are very familiar with this. And I just want you to know that it is okay to cry. It really is. (laughs) I mean, it hurts when you've invested so much time and emotions or even planned out your whole future. And now that future you've planned and pictured for so long is never going to happen with that person in particular. So I am just going to be super vulnerable here and say that I had probably 10 days, very sporadic, very random. It'd be one here, one there between this past January. And I don't know when the last one was that I had, but it was like 10 days of intense sadness spread out sporadically where I was paralyzed with emotions. And I mean like paralyzed with emotions, 
because I had allowed myself to think on these thoughts and to have a pity party for myself in essence, Um, whether I was embarrassed, sad, in denial, angry, all of these emotions at once. But honestly, I just let it out with my tears and I was paralyzed with emotions. I started, um, I just, I didn't want to go anywhere. I didn't want to talk to anybody on those specific days. I just sat there and cried and it honestly was probably therapeutic to work through all of that and to let it out. But I also needed my family and friends around me to get me out of that state because that is not healthy to stay there. So I quickly realized the importance of not recovering alone. So make sure you surround yourselves with people that will help you <laughs> dig, mm. it, dig out of dig yourself out of that emotional pit, honestly. And to those of you who aren't as um, already surrounded by that community as Jasmine was, I would encourage you to find a home church if you haven't already and join a community group where you will be surrounded with people like that that are going to love on you and point you to him through through this hardship. And sadness is normal. Like Jasmine said, it's okay to cry. It's She was paralyzed by those emotions. But sadness is a process. It's a journey and it's not the final destination, which is why I'm sure you said it's step three of four. Mm-hmm. Oh my word. I think that's an illusion that so many of us have is like, why don't I feel healed already? Like it's been so many weeks or so many months. It's like, no, it's, it takes time as much as I wish I could tell you that it's going to be, that you're going to be healed by tomorrow. And yes, Jesus can do miracles, but I mean, <laughs> it is literally, it's a process anyway it was for me. So, right. And I was even tempted to ask you, well, Jazz, how long was that first anger period or how long was the denial and how long were you sad for? Mm-hmm. But I didn't because I don't want these beautiful listeners ears to then instinctually compare that timeline to theirs because mm-hmm. all of our journeys of grief and sadness and heartbreak are different. And so no one's timeline is going to look exactly the same as someone else. Exactly. That's so true. Mm-hmm. That's hard because we see some people work through breakups quicker than others. And I do have some insight on that um, that I can share in a little bit here as well as uh, how to basically break off soul ties. And I don't know if anyone has heard of something like that, but that totally is a real thing. And so hopefully I can share that a little later on. Absolutely. Um, so step or feeling four. Feeling four. <laughs> the fourth feeling, this one is newer to me. I would say within the last maybe two months. And so for you listeners, I'm just going to be so vulnerable here and say, Sarah had reached out to me this past spring and asked me if I would be willing to do a podcast with her about how to heal and get over a breakup. And I wasn't quite to that point where I could do that. But now here I am like probably, I think it's like four months after she originally asked me, I'm able to do it. And I'm not only able to do it, but I am willing to do it and mm-hmm. actually reached back out to her wanting to do it. So like I said, it just takes time. 
which brought me to my fourth stage, which was acceptance. And the best analogy that I had to go with this actually came while I was on a phone call with a friend of mine who went through a breakup recently as well. And what God kind of showed me, and hopefully this breaks some chains off of you guys and you just have a whole new perspective on this, is that going through a breakup and ending a relationship is basically just closing a door. Well, when we close the door, our hand is still on that door handle. And so when we're working through those stages of anger or denial or depression or sadness, whatever it is, our hand is still on that doorknob to the relationship because we don't quite want to let go or aren't fully capable of letting go yet. But this fourth stage that I came to of acceptance was when I was finally able to let go of that doorknob on this relationship's door, you know, and not only let go of the doorknob and turn around and walk away, but be able to be at peace about it and be okay. And knowing that I don't need to look back, I can look ahead and I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to be whole. And so that Mm -hmm. was the fourth stage that I was finally able to come to of just letting go of the relationship's doorknob. Honestly, that's the the analogy that I had. No, I I love it. It's so easy and understandable to picture for anyone, whether our listeners are Mm -hmm. currently grieving or whether they've never had a heartbreak. That doorknob is such a tangible idea. Yes. Go, girl. powerful when I when I realized that so I was excited to share that because I think we just kind of feel guilty sometimes or like what's wrong with us why can't I get over this guy well we kind of have our hands still on that doorknob and we don't want to let go but eventually we're able to Mm -hmm. and I I know I found myself with the doorknob doing so many things like oh well he's gonna grow and become better and all these what ifs (laughs) right that then we'll open the bigger open the door again to that relationship but um I'm curious about the soul ties and my guess is that that kind of relates to the doorknob analogy yeah yeah just quick thought after what you just said reasoning that they're going to grow and get better. (laughs) This quote is so true. It rings true. I should have said this earlier. We can't date potential. Mm -hmm. And that was super big for me. Mm -hmm. So that came back to not reasoning with yourself. So true. If you wouldn't marry them exactly how they are right now, then why are we dating them? And I mean, I don't mean that we can't allow people to grow and change and better themselves. But I mean, if they aren't exemplifying Christ and, leading you closer to Christ, then why are we dating them in the meantime? Because we're trying to find our spouse, not just someone to kill time with. So anyway, that was a tangent. Potential. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Soul ties. This was, I don't know how common this is for people to hear about. I hadn't heard about it until I'd say maybe a month after I had broken off the engagement. But I think it was probably, yeah, I think it was February when I heard a message about soul ties. And what are they? You might be, okay, what are they, Jazz? They are basically an emotional, mental, sometimes physical 
bond, I, I should say. And so I personally haven't had sexual intercourse, so I don't understand that type of bond. But I do understand the emotional and mental soul tie that happens. So in essence, these soul ties are something that's keeping you connected. It's something that when you're together, you feel like a part of you is missing. And it's because we've invested so much time and emotions and thoughts and our heart into this person. And so, like I said, it's that bond that is incredibly hard to break. And that's why Proverbs 4.23 is so true when it says we need to guard our hearts because everything we do flows from it. But what's great is that soul ties can be broken through prayer because there's power in the name of Jesus. So when you do so, I just want to warn you guys that when you pray and try to break off these soul ties, that's when the other person will normally text or call or message you because (laughs) they feel that break off in the other on their side because it is some sort of emotional, um, spiritual bond that's like broken. But I am going to say that it was easier for me to heal because I had heard a message about soul ties about a month after my break off with of engagement. And so I dealt with this in prayer. And that's probably why I was able to heal a bit faster compared to other people who deal with some breakup, some breakups for years. I've heard of people dealing with breakups for years and years and years. But I think now it's been like nine months for me and I feel completely healed. So mm-hmm. that's just something that maybe you guys could use to help heal as well. Absolutely. I love that. I I know you were trying to explain kind of what it is of the soul ties and it's true. It's someone that you have talked to probably every single day and shared these laughs with. And it's the person that you want to go to with your greatest and your worst news of the day and sharing that with them. And when that's no longer there, that's that's the tie that your soul wants to go to. Uh-huh. And it's that like a magnet. Resonates. Absolutely. It so does. And it is always kind of like a, oh, ha ha, they would contact you right now as you're finally doing better. But it's true. That's not just a coincidence. That's that's evil in our world and um, mm-hmm. not wanting us to go to the Lord and um, find wellness in Him. But I'm so proud of you for doing that. And thank you for sharing. That's very insightful and something that I'd never really heard directly spoken about before. I know. It's, it's a unique truth. So but it's been proven. Um, there's so many psych- psychologists that teach on this as well. But I mean, if you think about it, everything in our world is spiritual, whether people realize it or not. And so totally, I mean, even going back to, like, like I said, I hadn't had the sexual intercourse experience, but like the Bible says two or become one and it's a spiritual thing. So that could definitely be a huge reason why it's hard to move on as well. I'm sure many ladies are dealing with that. But like I said, there's nothing too hard for God. God can heal and restore better than ever. And that's the best part. I mean, Psalm 147 verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. We can stand on that. That's a promise in the Word of God. Um, Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. 
that's where your strength comes from. It's the joy of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then like Isaiah 40 verse 31 is one of my favorites. It says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Mm-hmm. Like our God, this isn't the end for us. Like this is just the start. And so I think that's it's so true. Really, <laughs> really encouraging to hear. Absolutely. Um, because in our weakness, that's when He's our strongest. And that is just such a force yes. to be reckoned with, is even though we are inward and outwardly so weak and sad and angry and in denial, that's when He's the strongest. And I think you're such a testament to that. And I'm so thankful that you shared your story. And um, I I had another point to add too. So ladies, if you're really struggling with that soul tie and not being able to break that off, I think we can go back to that community step of the Lord hears our prayers, um, especially where one or more or two or more gathered, the Lord hears our prayers. And so go to your community, go to your family, your friends that are loving on you and ask them for prayers as well to break off those, those soul ties, because it's easier said than done just to forget about it and move on. We know that is not true. (laughs) I wish it were that easy. <laughs> right. And I, I do Man. think it's so different for men and women. I, I do know some men that have gone through heartbreak, but I I also think it's much easier for some men to say, oh, you're just worth so much more than that. Why are you still so upset over it? You're, you're better than that. Move on, you know? Yeah. Um, and so. It's interesting. Yeah. It, that's a different dynamic right mm-hmm. there. It's intriguing. Absolutely. I know my dad, for example, was like, why are you still so upset over this? <laughs> right? Right. Um, oh, because It's like, I can't explain it. I just am. Mm-hmm. And so going to those yeah. people to express the, the soul tie connection, even though if you're not talking to your ex-significant other, it's still there and that's still normal. So the power of prayer is so powerful, but ah, that sure, makes me yeah. so excited. I, I don't want anyone I know to have to go through a heartbreak, but I do want to be able to talk to that, talk to them about that next time. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a weapon that will totally help. Absolutely. So I just go ahead. Yeah. No, I just, I, I'm loving this. I just keep having more thoughts flooding <laughs> my mind as I'm speaking. It's like, I just want to help as many people as I can. Absolutely. Wow. Go ahead. <laughs> Anything you've got, girl. Oh, man. Okay. Um, I also just want to speak to you ladies that are like, I don't feel like I could ever trust again. Mm-hmm or ever date again, or ever even feel like wanting to date again. And I also went through that. I I think it's okay to feel like you don't ever want to date again, but just know that eventually your heart will feel okay enough to even consider it. But make sure you take this time to heal, because if you don't heal, you're going to bleed on the people that come into your life. And I heard that quote, and it rocked my world. I was like, yes, if we do not heal right now in this season, then the next man that comes in to our life, that's a godly man, we don't want to be bleeding on him and pouring all this baggage and emotional hurt out on him. That's not fair. So make sure we take this time to heal. And I also want to make sure that you ladies know that singleness is not a disease. Like it's awesome. 
Because while we're yes. single, we get to find our identity, our purpose. We get to work on ourselves, grow and learn. We work through emotions, like build our dreams, build friendships, all of these amazing things that we have time to do because there's not another person in the picture. But also know that in your single season here, you are complete in Jesus. Somebody else doesn't and won't complete you. I mean, literally, if you believe another person will complete you, then you are placing the role of God on them. And that's not fair. That is a huge expectation that they can't fulfill. Or if you're expecting another man to come along and make you feel joyful or make you feel feel fulfilled, that's God's job and God's place in your life. That's not your future man's. So make sure that you get all of that straight in your mindset. But also know that if you guys are at rock bottom right now, there is only one way to go, and that is up. Mm -hmm. And just know that somebody is going to walk into your life someday. Might may not be tomorrow, maybe months from now, years from now, but someday someone will walk into your life and make you realize why it never worked out with anyone else. I truly, truly believe Mm -hmm. that. And I think that will bring a lot of encouragement. Mm, Amen. Especially after long-term relationships and you find yourself in the height of the heartbreak, it's, it's uphill. It's uphill from there. And (laughs) I love that you touched on being fully healed before jumping into anything else. I think, especially in the society we live in today with dating apps. I know a lot of people are tempted. Oh, we got on, we had a breakup. I'm going to get right on a dating app and go on a date to, you know, distract myself or rebound if you will. And, um, it's just so, Mm -hmm. so important to be fully healed because you never know, even if you do go on that dating app and you meet somebody tomorrow, what if that's the person you're supposed to meet and you are not ready? So take that time for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so good and so true. I mean, it's not, I don't mean to say that you can't date. Like if you feel like you might be healed enough to do so, then yeah. If there's a great man that crosses your path and you have a lot in common and both love the Lord, then man, definitely take advantage of that. But if you know, know deep down that you're not ready, then you don't have to feel obligated to Absolutely. Do don't. don't date to distract <laughs> yourself from facing those feelings head on like Jasmine was talking about earlier. Preach it, mm-hmm. Preach it Sarah. You were that perfectly. <laughs> Thank you. But it's oh true, and I feel like we're surrounded by that so often. And a lot of times, even in culture and society today, I feel like that's what girlfriends encourage each other to do. I know. Right. So. <laughs> right. Which is so crazy. <laughs> but I think it's so important because I think we all need to understand that we don't need to be desperately searching for somebody either. Like there's a big difference between um desperately searching for someone and being contently open to finding someone once mm-hmm. you heal. There's a big difference mm-hmm. there. Absolutely. So. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> um so I'm I'm so grateful that you have come on today, and I know that each of these ears and hearts that have listened and heard you and your steps and your process um, are going to leave feeling encouraged and hopefully refreshed after this episode. But of course, we have to bring it back home. So when you are laying your head to rest at night, 
10 months-ish after this break off of the engagement, what are you reminding yourself that you are more than now? Whether it's still has to do with that, whether it's your boutique or what you have going on next, what are you reminding yourself that you are more than? Oh, I am more than my past and I'm more than my heartbreak. Honestly, ladies, my past does not define who I am today. I have a quote that I live by. The, the past is a place of reference, not a place of residence. So I've learned so many lessons about my life and mm. myself and what I want in a relationship and about God's faithfulness, not only through the good, but also through the bad. I've learned that he's just as he says he is, he's truly the God of restoration and healing. So, I mean, even think about this, ladies. We think about mosaic art. It's broken pieces of shattered glass that's put together and it creates a beautiful masterpiece. And I think that's what God is trying to do in all of our lives is we may feel broken right now, but all of these broken pieces, he's going to weave together for our good. And who's meant for us in the future will not miss us. And one thing that I need to make sure I throw in here is that if you could love the wrong person for you that much, then just imagine how much more you'll be able to love the right Mm. person for you. So that is totally something that helped heal me. But like I said, I am more than my past and I am so much more than my heartbreak. So praise Jesus for the healing work he did in my life. But Thank you so much for sharing. You are so much more than your heartbreak and more than your past. And I'm excited to, you know, do double dates one day, five, 10 years from now with people that we're both supposed (laughs) to and meant to be with um, in order to glorify him. But Jazz, are you willing to take questions from listeners? Okay. Tell them where they can reach out to you and further chat with you. Okay. So I am on Instagram. My handle is at jazzfuelberth, J-A-Z-Z-F-U-E-L-B-E-R-T-H. I'm on, oh, I have my boutique page on Instagram as well called Red by Jazz. It's at Red by Jazz, just like it sounds. I also have a YouTube channel. So ladies, if you are needing more encouragement and faith-based teaching on topics of all of all kinds, honestly. I've got my YouTube channel, Jasmine Fieldworth, and then I also have some encouraging accounts called Wildfire 316, and it is faith-based encouragement also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So I'm kind of all over. I just want to spread as much hope and, and joy and encouragement as I can. So I am willing to help how however I can. So, And you do just that. And for those of you that couldn't understand her super well, it's wildfire. Yes. yes. Wildfire 316. (laughs) And it is so great. She does little blurbs, selfie video style about what the spirit is talking to her about. And definitely go follow her on there. And you can reach out for further inspiration or just in gratitude, as I'm sure many of you will be overflowing with that after this episode. And reminder too, if you are loving the pod and you're loving the encouragement and um, just lessons that you're learning through it, through the amazing people that I'm grateful to have in my life, subscribe and send it to your friends.
Yes. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much.